developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Remember that book on your shelf that maybe you bought or got as a gift because someone thought you'd like to read it and you really wanted to read it and you never got around to reading it or maybe you started it and didn't finish it. Well, maybe you just don't have a lot of time to read, but you would have time to listen to audiobooks. Audible is a longtime sponsor of this program and I've talked a lot about the new releases that I'm reading, new pro wrestling books, autobiographies, self-help, fiction, nonfiction. One of the things I don't talk about that I find useful with Audible is taking a book on a shelf that stares at me and taunts me that I just haven't had time to read, and I'll go look for it on Audible, and I'll download it as part of my membership, and I'll finally listen to it instead of reading it. One of those that I'm about to start is Moneyball by Michael Lewis. came out in 2011. I saw the movie. I have the book. I want to read the book. I haven't read the book. Now I've got it on Audible. It's a fascinating movie. I want to do a deep dive into the 10 and a half hour audiobook, and now I can. So that's an example of how Audible can be part of your life. And you obviously listen to podcasts, but variety's good, and Audible gives you variety. In fact, it's not just audiobooks with Audible. It's also guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, podcasts, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. So check out an Audible membership. You get a free trial just for listening to this show. Simply go to audible.com slash Wade. That's audible.com slash Wade. Or text Wade to 500-500. That's audible.com slash Wade. Or text Wade to 500-500. And you can get a 30-day free trial of an Audible membership. That includes their Plus catalog, which is a new thing. If you haven't been an Audible member for a few years or think Audible is about getting one book a month. Uh, It's not. With a membership, you have instant access to thousands of titles in their library. Uh, Instantly. Download download them to your phone and, and listen. I'm often bouncing between three or four books at a time, depending on my mood and how long I have to listen. Uh, and now with the new Audible format, you can do that. So visit audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. Get more information and try it free for 30 days. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Saturday, May 29th, 2021. You're listening to the Beat Up Shorts Daily Cast. And when it's Saturday, you're listening to the Deep Dive with Rich Fan. I am, of course, Rich Fan. Joining you and being joined today by my good friend Chris Maitland to talk New Japan, some ABW, a little bit of the uh, craziness and breaking news because we're recording this Friday night in New Japan and uh, more. So before we get started, Chris, welcome. And uh, I, I need I need a little bit more out of the Knicks in game four. Yeah, it was a rough uh, game today. I have the luxury or the ability. I'm in New York visiting my family this Memorial Day weekend. So wrestling cliche, I'm recording this podcast from my parents' basement. And uh, I had the opportunity to watch MSG, Madison Square Garden Network, which I grew up watching the Knicks. And uh, Game 3 was a rough one. But as I said to you before, I'm just happy the Knicks are competent. Um, I don't have anything against the Hawks. They have a good team, and they have the same record. I knew, I predicted it was going to go six or seven games anyway. But Game 4 is a must to make sure that it ends up going that long. Long. Yeah, it's... Frustrating. I'm hoping that you know our boy figures some stuff out before. Yeah, Randall's got a. I mean, Derek Rose played tremendously today. Uh, Randall's got to step up because the entire team revolves around his shot making and then playmaking. And if he's not hitting his shots, he's not going to be getting doubled. He's not going to be able to get many assists, and the the Knicks' offense isn't going to run as well as it could so he needs to get himself going but never chance in game four uh live one o'clock on sunday abc national tv no 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 nba tv like the sixers yeah yeah you know sixers i've been hearing some folks close to the sixers situation have been quite proud of them the process finally panning out and such and it looks like, oh, whoa, okay, looks like the revival, I'm sorry, FTR. Oh, God, just gave tandem spike pile drivers through tables to members of the inner circle. It's Telly strutting, Telly strutting on the 50. I think Tim Tebow's running wind sprints up the stairs in the background as this goes on. No, it's not Tim Tebow. It's just another 240-pound homeless man who decided to try a sport. Uh, MJF is cutting a promo as my TV's muted. And I think Dax may have hurt himself given that pile driver because he was in jeans. And there's one thing you should never do is give a man a pile driver through a table in jeans. He looks like I've never done it myself. He's struggling. Yeah, he looks like he's just struggling, if I can borrow the. the, the Joeism, uh, but yeah, I, I got to name it by the way because people are going to be thinking about another Joe, a, a more well-known Joe. So you should make sure that's a Joe name. It. Yes, right. yes, this is proper, proper, proper citation. I appreciate that. So speaking of proper citation, I think one of the things we should start with is uh, citing this New Japan announcement that at Dominion, which has been moved to Monday, June seventh due to the recent state of emergency in Japan at the Osaka Joe hall in Osaka, Japan, you are going to see for the IWGP world heavyweight championship, Kazuchika Okada versus 
Shingo Takagi. 60 minutes limit. What are your thoughts, Chris? What were your plans? Because I know going into this, you had a whole different idea of maybe what they could do. And uh, let's just tease that out. Obviously, with the injury to Osprey, they needed to do something. What, what do you think of this idea? Well, it makes sense from a, a booking standpoint. When Osprey won the title from Ibushi, Shingo and Okada were the first two to come out and uh, challenge him. I don't know. He already lost to Shingo, so it's kind of a big sense for him to wrestle again. And Okada had COVID recovered from COVID, so there's that as well. Makes sense the two of them wrestling. I had a different plan and idea. Now again, my plan involved uh, my favorite wrestler in Japan, Hiroki Goto. But I thought due to the parameters where um, the title was made vacant, you need to have someone who's a temporary champion. He doesn't have to be the uh, a long-term champion. I thought Goto would be a good feel-good story where he would win the belt in a match or a tournament and he could get his elusive IWGP World Heavyweight title victory. Though, since the title lineages... Lineages... lineages was that right? Yeah. Or yeah. title lineage. The lineage. Lineages. I don't know if that's a... Yeah. Is that, is that plural? Wade Keller is great with grammar, so he can maybe correct that. But anyway, the IWGP I, Intercontinental and IWGP title have been merged. So in my mind, as I said, Goto's already a former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. But put the you know you would have had him kind of win the belt, feel good, and then have a heel beat him to be a longer-term champion, and then I would have Okada beat that heel. I wasn't sure who that heel would be. I had to give that some thought, but I thought that would make it a bit compelling, give the feel-good story. I know one of the one of the things that Christians I've had with New Japan is that my people, Goto, Yoshihashi, Ishii, have kind of been pushed down the card, which has made it personally less interesting for me. So it would be very unlikely for them to be put in this position. But... Um, that was my idea. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. And mine had been, as I had said, numerous spots, make the G1 winner the winner of the title and just have that as the war you go through in order to win the title. And I think this makes more sense. Uh, Your buddy and mine, W.H. Park, 
the Canadian sensation, my, my guy, uh, just tweeted, I, I, I'm going to be the one that hopes Okada wins at Dominion, then build Shingo up in a quest for a rematch at Wrestle Kingdom where he wins it. And that's where I'm at. Shingo, much like Okada being a wrestler that started in other promotions and now have come to New Japan and plied their trade, I think that'd be a very poignant moment. My prayer is that Okada's body can hold up. I, I think with his current injury status and the hurt, if anything, the herky jerky nature because of COVID of the cards uh, constructed would allow maybe for a little bit more time than he would have been afforded in a traditional year to get his ducks in a row and kind of wrestle, et cetera. Because of Bushi's hurt, he's hurt. Obviously, Osprey's hurt, and we can talk about that in a moment. But yeah, Shingo, I, th- I think, is that guy that's next. And I think Shingo, this kind of ties into our conversations over the years about New Japan. Shingo has not but yet been given that, 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 uh, that uh, status of not good enough for the title scene or not good enough to be champion that, say, an Ishii has been bestowed un- un- unceremoniously. And because of that, that allows him to be in the light, to have that shot, get that opportunity. And if it does come through where he eventually wins the title, you put him in a situation now where he doesn't ever become that guy. I think a lot of the people we think of, I mean, the fact that Minoru Suzuki never really got that shot. And now he's kind of aged out is something that I always feel is a bit criminal. Yeah, you know, if, if uh, Shingo, not Suzuki, I'm sorry, if Shingo was still a heel, he would have been the perfect person to beat Goto and be that transitional, uh, well, be the long-term champion after Goto as transitional champion. Watching him in the New Japan Cup, it's very clear he wrestled like a babyface almost completely. And so, you know, the his booking changed. I think LIJ is, is more of a babyface stable than when they started, similar to how Chaos changed over time. I think the thing with Shingo, people have to remember, Shingo's only been a heavyweight for under two years. It was mm-hmm. after the uh, he lost the Best Super Junior Finals to Will Ospreay in 2019 in June that he became heavyweight. He wrestled one heavyweight match and then entered the G1. But the last year or so, you could say he's been day in, day out, New Japan's most impressive wrestler. And I think Bigger than that, he's gotten the fans on his side. You know, he wrestled a lot more as a heel, probably because he was so big as a junior heavyweight. And he became more of a babyface as a heavyweight just because of his style was more uh, liked by the fans. I think for me, what I would do in in WH Park's uh, example is I would have him win the G1 to give him that sort of impetus. I think he... He was sort of, for me, positioned in a way as a challenger that wasn't going to win. When he came out and went after Osprey, because Osprey already beat him in the New Japan, the New Japan Cup, and Osprey had beat him in the Super Junior Finals the year before. I think I believe he beat Osprey in the G One. Like I could be wrong about that. Um, so the thing with New Japan is that they chat. They, certain people are are challengers to move the champion forward and others are seen as more threats to win. I just felt him as being a 
a champion to give Osprey his first win. And if New Japan sees him that way, then they have to do a little bit more to book him strongly or book him as someone who people see as a champion. And the best way to do that is to have him win the G1. And maybe that's part of this trek that he's on where he he loses to Okada, but then he wins the G1 and gets a rematch out of that. Yeah, and apparently during the lead up to this tour, I would be remiss if I didn't mention there's also going to be a match that would be close to your heart. Uh, on Wednesday of this week, uh, the never open weight six man tag champions, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroki Goto will defend against Sonata, Naito, and Bushi, aka Bad and Bushi. Uh, and before we go back to Osprey, I want to get your thoughts on perhaps the impending loss of Yoshihashi's only tie to the championship scene. Well, I hope that's not the case. I want to start off saying that. Secondly, I've sort of been annoyed in some ways that this is only the only feuds in some ways that these guys get nowadays. They don't really get singles feuds. I mean, Yoshihashi and Goto wrestled for the tag team titles a few months ago against G.O.D., but they really don't have any other feuds. But I, I will say they've probably been the best six-man champion that New Japan has had because they make the belt seem important. And maybe the way that they do that is that it's their main focus. Um, I think the reason why Bushi's in the match is that he's a junior heavyweight, and these are the type of matches where junior heavyweights lose. Yeah. So keeping that in mind, I think that the team from Chaos will uh, will go forward and maybe end up with a year straight of being the champion. That that's fair, and I, and I think those guys. I agree. I think they're a great six man team. Obviously, Goto and Ishii, uh, whatever they're doing is going to be fun. And then Yoshihashi has done both the younger junior member of the team that's trying to prove himself, uh, the guy getting the pins, being the key winner, being the key component in the finishing sequence, and everything in between. And thankfully for Yoshihashi, never got embroiled in any of those god-awful ladder match for gimmick piece matches like some of the other stables had uh, kind of failed at accomplishing. Uh, also, so, happy birthday to Yoshihashi. He just turned 39, uh, May 25th. Uh, fellow May birthday to you, Rich. Yeah, wow. He doesn't look a day over 60. So that's awesome for Yoshihashi. I appreciate that. You know, he's, he's working hard as he gets it done in New Japan, you know, and, you know, we have some more news with New Japan to kind of go over later in which I think Yoshihashi could do a good job of uh, being one of those gateway wrestlers should WWE and New Japan maintain their relationship or create a relationship. Uh, but before I get to that, and honestly, all tongue out of my cheek, all kidding aside, I think he's he's done really well for himself last two years and obviously proved himself during the pandemic to be a guy that they can put in those spots and no, he won't uh, crap the bed, so to speak. He is definitely, I, I, I feel it's sad in that I could say that I think if he was given a 10th of the ball that they gave evil when they made him IWGP champion, 
Yoshihashi would have quit himself far better. I mean, the I, thing don't, with I don't e- even think that's up for debate. The thing with the evil that bothered me so much at the time was evil got the shot that Godo never got. And I knew evil would fail. In fact, I feel like evil got worse. Yeah, he did. Sadly, he did. As our lives get more back to normal here in May of 2021, we want you to incorporate VIP benefits into your summer. And therefore, we're offering a sale for you to check out what VIP membership is all about. Go VIP for just $1.21. Go to pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full details on VIP membership. And on the sign-up form, enter coupon code MAY121. That's MAY121, and you'll get a full month of VIP membership for just $1.21. You can apply that $8.79 discount to a three-month or one-year sub also. pwtorch.com slash govip. Coupon code MAY121. We'd love to have you as a VIP member. Check out what it's all about, and we hope we can earn your business forever. And it's almost, as I I saw him, you know, being one of my children, I think Sonata would do better, but I also don't know that for certainty. I can't, I can't, I would not, you know, that's not a bet, bet, bet my house on it or something like that. So that sucks. It's just, it's just mentally draining to think about how uh, unfortunate it is that evil just ate it that bad. And now he's, as much as I love Dick Togo, he, he's in a dark place right now. And I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I think that's one of the issues with New Japan. They had... Too many guys in the Bullet Club doing the same thing, heel managers cheating. And I guess when one person does it, it's kind of okay. When everyone does it, it gets annoying. I mean, that's kind of the issue with New Japan. New Japan is, and I will get into that in a few moments, the bell of the ball with a lot of people in the United States. But their product, to me, in the last year or so, has not been as good as the product that we saw before one that made me a fan um, back in 2015, 2016, when we went to the 2015, when we went to the ROH show in Philadelphia. And, you know, whether it be the inanimate object matches, whether it be just poor booking decisions, and I think Evil began it because when Evil was winning, people were like, oh no, but it's like, oh, he won the New Japan Cup, that's fine. Then he became the champion. And then he got this really big push. He got to the finals or uh, almost won his block in the G1. And it almost was like he had negative reactions, it seemed like. Um, that, to me, began a kind of a spiral that they haven't really recovered from. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think part of that spiral, too, you could add in, was the the issue around the titles, the creation of the new title, the injury of Ibushi, Ibushi losing the title, Osprey winning and adopting this uh, hard man persona that didn't quite fit. Similar to Cody with some of the dusty mannerisms, Osprey trying to essentially adopt the tendencies of like his dad being a tough guy. And, you know, like I believe it, his dad is a pipe fitter or something like that. And so just, what were your thoughts prior to his injury and forfeit of the title of Osprey's reign and his solo defense against, you know, current challenger Shingo? 
Well, shouldn't we also be left out of the Osprey discussion was the angle with him and, and B. Priestley when he attacked her because he wanted to prove that he could do anything to be the champion. I thought that was distasteful uh, generally, but especially with New Japan where they have uh, a very large uh, female contingent fan base. I thought that was not not good. Um, yeah, and uh, to add to that before you move on, I did earlier, this, or uh, I guess by the time you all hear this, I did uh, yesterday, Radican Worldwide with Sean, where he talked about an interview Osprey did in the past few weeks where he mentioned that it was B's idea to do it, which to me, now that he's not wrestling and B isn't exactly doing interviews herself, seems like he's throwing his significant under, other under the bus or trying to say, well, she thought it was good, so I figured why not do it? Well, even if she did, it was it was the wrong choice. I think, I think the issue with Osprey is, well, obviously, you know, he has different um, issues from the speaking out and some of the allegations about his behavior amongst his uh, colleagues in Britain wrestling and and keeping people away from certain shows and things like that. But also, as you said, I think the thing with the persona is he doesn't seem genuine. And it's like he was always the like the flippy guy, like the flippiest guy, the flippiest of flippy guys. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that's not a style that he wants to do longer and obviously shouldn't with neck injuries probably uh, sustained from all the years of doing that. But if he wants to be a heel, he has to have more believable character. I think that the thing with wrestling sometimes is that I don't know all these people playing a role, but I have to like think that they're, they are what they are. And I think he struggled with that because it's, that's not who he is. And it kind of hurt in his, uh, uh, believability. Obviously he's going to be a good wrestler and have great matches. Of course, that's the standard, but as a character, as a top heel, he just wasn't really believable. And what did you think of with with him saying, you know, he's got to rehab these injuries and he's taking time off. A lot have been a lot has been said now and he hasn't necessarily responded to that. But the the ramifications of dropping the title at this point is naturally with guys like Tanahashi at all that have wrestled through injuries and, you know, with the quarantine and some of the Western wrestlers, non Japanese wrestlers being a little upset that they're constantly basically either in the hotel or they can't really go out as much as they can. How do you feel about him overall post COVID? Do you feel like there's going to be an issue? Do you feel like there is a possibility that he's, uh, does he ascend back to the heights of being IWGP world heavyweight champion? Or was this kind of the trial balloon and the acrimony of the departure makes things a little tougher to do it again? Well, well, neck injuries are serious. So a lot of it is the extent of the neck injury. I mean, it used to be back in the day, uh, guys would have neck surgery and they'd be out for a year, guys and gals. So I don't know if that will happen to him if he has to have surgery or not. I think that it wasn't only, what, January when everyone had Jay White going to NXT and then he showed up like two weeks later. <laughs> yeah. So just because someone doesn't appear on a New Japan show doesn't mean they're leaving. Um, my guess or my own speculation would be he'd have to have a pretty serious injury to give up the title 
And if it was something that he could have come back from, from in a month or so, New Japan could have worked their way around it. Also, he could have wrestled the match. They could have found a way to have him still wrestle the match against Okada, especially with Okada being um, injured. They could have tried to, or not injured, but he had COVID. They could have tried to find a way to work, work around that. I think with Osprey, the question is going to be whenever he comes back, and it might be six, seven, eight months longer than that, what's the landscape? And obviously they gave him a big push, making him a heel, making him the lead of his own faction. Um, and they added, just added a new member. So they're definitely have put a lot behind him, which is why I find it odd. People think that he would just be going away. But again, who, who at that time are, are the main wrestlers who are the ones that are um, in the main event picture? That's the question that he will, that's the world that he will enter. And that's the question to see like where he'll fit with uh, whoever's at the top at that time. Yeah. And that, that, that's a good question as far as who's on top, because right now, one of the things that is a top story is this Nick Khan negotiating with New Japan to kind of bring them in to the fold in WWE, maybe do talent exchange, try to get exclusivity in North America, basically cut out Impact, Ring of Honor, AEW, MLW from making that connection. And really, as part of a, in my opinion, general initiative to make WWE a sellable asset. Because make, joining with New Japan, working with New Japan won't do that. But when you do that and you've hired uh, bigwigs from Warner and other streaming services to be your lieutenants, and you've done a good job of trying to get goodwill with major pop stars and cultural icons, like right now the biggest rumor is for WWE, they're going to potentially have Cardi B perform slash host SummerSlam after having Bad Bunny involved leading into WrestleMania. Uh, I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe I'm making an assumption, Chris, but I think less people are going to be asking who likes this Cardi B anyway for some reason. That might be, you know, a little strange, but I think we'll get it. You know, the same crotchety folks won't be complaining, in my opinion. It'll be a lot of yeah, I don't like her music, but uh, there's just something about that Cardi B. Just, just, just want to keep watching her for some reason. <laughs> Wonder where that could be. I launched the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as a teenager in high school in the late 80s, and I've been covering professional wrestling ever since. It's been my full-time job since the day I graduated college. And I've followed every technology along the way and tried to be on the cutting edge, and one of them has been podcasting. We were doing podcasts before the word podcast was a word. They were just called audio shows for our subscribers. And a cool feature that we introduced last year are flashback Saturday night editions of the Wade Keller Hotline, where every Saturday night we post... Wade Keller Hotlines, all in one file, a week's worth of shows from 10 and 15 years ago. That means uh, you can listen to what I was saying about the news, about Raw, about SmackDown, about TNA, about WrestleMania hype, WrestleMania fallout, controversies, firings, matches that almost happened, and why they didn't happen. Every weekend on Saturday night, 
from 10 and 15 years ago. For instance, the April 6, 2006 Wade Keller Hotline had a ton of insider news on the Hulk Hogan-Steve Austin dynamic at the WWE Hall of Fame and the prospects of a Hogan versus Austin match and how close it came to happening at WrestleMania 22, what stood in its way, and what the prospects were of it happening in the future, why Steve Austin said what he said about Hulk Hogan at the Hall of Fame during his Bret Hart intro, and what the backstage interaction was between the two of them. That's just one example of some of the fascinating reporting that was going on, likely before you were listening to some of my free podcasts here. So uh, go VIP. It's one of many, many cool benefits that come with a VIP membership. Get details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Um... I think WWE, first of all, New Japan. Uh, must let people know, New Japan used to work with WWE, WWF in the 70s mm-hmm. and 80s. So they have worked with them before, even if you know people listening to this weren't alive or don't remember that. Yeah, to, if you want to do the deep dive, you can take a look back at the uh, J-Crown and note that one of the titles that Ultimo Dragon had was the WWF Light Heavyweight title which precipitated them claiming it back and starting their own again with Takamishinoku, which is a fun fact. Uh, two, uh, New Japan has, at least over the last year or so with the pandemic, worked with pretty much every company in America. Um, now, they were exclusive of the Ring of Honor up until, I guess, probably some point last fall but you know they've had you know they've worked with impact they've worked with aw they've worked with ring of honor they've worked with heaven gcw mlw and that's sort of one of the things for me that uh, i mentioned this to you it's not a knock on you or or cover to the torch but there was so much made about rocky romero appearing on aw dark elevation i believe that's the show that's correct on monday nights yeah when that same week he wrestled on Ring of Honor TV uh, against uh, Fred Yehai, where Fred Yehai picked up the win. Uh, two uh, double catch point victories on that show with uh, Tracy Williams, one half of uh, catch point tag team champions with the uh, involved with Fred Yehai uh, winning against OGK with Red Titus. But anyway, um, Rocky Romero in the last two months has been on MLW. He's been on... Ring of Honor. He's does a podcast with two Impact stars. Uh, he's been on AEW, but the focus when he's with these other promotions or appearing in other places is not the same than when he's on with AEW. I think that first of all, as we've said before, any deal with WWE is bad for you. They don't do deals that are good for you. I remember maybe four years ago when, when you told me, and I wasn't familiar with Progress that much at the time, you told me Progress Wrestling was working with WWE or they had an affiliation. I'm like, well, you we know how that's going to go. Yeah. And we see where it is now. Yeah, it's actually funny. This is about when uh, the infamous, I mentioned this again on uh, Radic and Worldwide, the infamous uh, Pete Dunn Brit Wrestling is Alive and Well tweet came out a year ago where he talked about how or two years ago I guess where he talked about how Brit wrestling's fine your, some of your favorite British wrestlers are now getting to live a life stream and work with WWE while doing other things nothing to see here folks and then you know 
progress basically is dead. So I think, I mean, New Japan as a company should do what's best for them. Um, I don't think that WWE is best for them just because WWE is going to take things um, from them. They, WWE doesn't do deals that are not in their favor. But in the short term, if they can get WWE wrestlers on their show, it can't hurt. Um, and if WWE, which has a ma- massive roster, can make a deal to send people to Japan, they did it before, they sent people to, to all Japan in the late 90s. Um, Bradshaw and Barry Windham were in the, uh, the tag team uh, tournament. Real World Tag League, yeah. Real World Tag League uh, back then. So it could work um, for the AEW fans who just want them, you know, there are certain wrestlers to travel to Japan, they wouldn't probably like that, but you know, I think New Japan is trying to do whatever they think will make their biggest inroad in America, and obviously if you want to do that, you want to work with the biggest company, and that's WWE. And I, I think for, for WWE, it isn't lost. Uh, I believe Mike Johnson at PW Insider amongst others, had noted this. These negotiations started in March and April, which is around the time that they also at the same time were negotiating with Daniel Bryan, who had made that one of his demands for his re-up, which, I, you know, obviously he didn't re-sign yet, so that is still up in the air. But if, he, if that is a condition, and a condition that impending future free agents can also make, I, I think getting that ability to get the uh, Jericho deal is something that's pretty tasty for established veterans who want to make sure they have that home base, but can also, you know, do a little side business if they so choose and be a a true independent uh, asset, you know, independent contractor. Yeah. I think they're looking at, um, both companies look at what's best for them. Now, again, as I said, WWE, what's best for them is never what's best for someone else. So there's that concern. And also with New Japan, there's still a, there's still a desire to increase their presence in in United States. And I don't know how to deal with WWE does that. Are they going to like restrict who appears on New Japan Strong, for example? Because right, right now, New Japan Strong is whoever New Japan books, but are they going to only be able to book WWE people? Can they not book someone like Brody King or, or Bateman because they were for Ring of Honor or Tom Lawler because he works for MLW? This is just speculation on my part. But yeah. a lot of questions need to be at, asked. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing with New Japan, as I mentioned to you on our, our very long uh, pre-show, probably too long because we were <laughs> heading too late into the night, is you know New Japan in the last several months has tried to work with everyone. You know they had their Super J Cup. They mentioned that they had wrestlers from Impact, from Ring of Honor, from GCW, GCW which is not even a promotion with television. So I think New Japan's in the business of we want to do whatever is best for us. And I don't know necessarily that's the best strategy. I think we need to have a little bit of focus strategy because we are. Um, opening up a little bit more in America and 
you know, pretty much every wrestling company is starting to have shows with fans as of July. So I think New Japan, if they want to have a show at some point, they need to kind of think about what sort of relationship they want to have with um, the uh, promotions around here and what they want to do. But, um, yeah, I think they're going all in. And, you know, these are companies they are going to be talking to people. They're going to be seeing what's good for them. They're, they're focused on business. And if they can make a good business deal, they're going to try to do it. Yeah, my my boy Semper Vivi joked on Twitter. Not necessarily even joked. He just said on Twitter, and I found it very funny because it's true. He's like, how it made you would never. And it was all caps. And I, I just laughed because, yeah, now it's Harold went from being the bumbling guy that couldn't do anything right to. Uh, this is a very finger out situation where you get rid of him. And you try to be progressive, quote unquote, in terms of evolving, quote unquote, from whatever you've been doing. And it looks like the uh, progenitor is being proven right. Because Harold was very leery of that sort of stuff. I think when WWE tried to make the foray into buying all Japan, you know, the Japanese market led by Bushiroad joined together and said, "Uh uh-uh. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Yeah, but also it depends on what the deal is. I mean, they are having negotiations. I think the one thing is, what does that mean? I mean, someone, it's like you talk about that with college football where, you know, no one ever turns down a job offer because if you're not going to accept the job offer, you're not offered it in the first place. So just that they're having negotiations doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go anywhere or it's really substantive. It's like, hey, we want to, we want to have Daniel Bryan wrestle on your show. And they're like, okay, that's fine. Is there anything else you want? Well, yeah, we also want to do this and strong. And we want to set up NXT in, in the dojo. I'm making stuff up here, but New Japan goes, okay, oh, that's a bit too much for us. So really, I mean, these companies are going to do what's best for them. Uh, New Japan is going to, try to increase their American uh, footprint. And in reality, if you were going to increase your American footprint, WWE would be the best way to go if you could advertise on their shows. If the New Japan is having a show somewhere and they could have their ad on, on Raw or SmackDown, that would be you know a lot bigger than AEW or Impact or Ring of Honor. So... That's something they have to weigh. But again, any deal with WWE usually is not good for you. And I think, I mean, I hope they're aware of that. (laughs) But uh, maybe they're not. Who knows? 
Yeah, and as you get, you know, news like that today, folks had a ball, myself included, you know, making suggested dream matches. And uh, I'll get yours in a minute, but I, I joked that Shane and 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 uh, Yano would be a good team up in terms of just Yano would be able to do all sorts of things. Shane would do a crazy stunt bump, and Yano would nope out of the way and just let let Shane fall to his impending doom. And my favorite reaction outside of, of course, Tamatango, who has a great reaction for everything. Uh, was someone popping up the remember when the sisters would always visit uh, Aunt Viv and they'd yell divas and then kind of like grab each other and jump up and down yes someone had shared that with the caption of when uh, the gorillas of destiny go in the locker room and run into AJ and Finn my favorite one was actually Kenta who tweeted Kenta versus Hideo and Tommy Hey, I think that'd be a great matchup. I, I I think those two guys know each other pretty well. And uh, WWE, especially with a cinematic match, would love to do something dumb like that. But I enjoy the fact that Kenta did it tongue-in-cheek. Because Kenta, as we're all well aware, because of his mastery of English, it is not lost on him when American fans are being idiots on Twitter. And so there were a number of people who began to quote tweet that uh, article first uh, broken, I should have started with by The Observer, and then followed up with by uh, Fightful, ourselves here at The Torch and others. Uh, You know, they followed up with, we're going to have this happen, and then, you know, people are quote tweeting it like, oh, good luck on 205 Live, fool. And, you know, oh, I bet Kenta's going to be pissed, and Kenta being Kenta. Just let it roll and and just threw that out there and diffused the whole situation. Yeah, it's funny because you think about it from a standpoint, and in my mind, it's like, well, I actually don't want to. All these dream matches, I'm like, well, are they wrestling New Japan style? Are they wrestling WWE style? I mean, I think one of the ones that got a lot of uh, traction on Twitter today was. Yano versus R Truth. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that probably almost makes the most sense is that it would be a comedy match, and that's the one thing that could transfer. Like, yeah, oh, I would love to see the rope break by Yano, and then R Truth gets in there with him, and they're both screaming rope break, and the ref's like, neither of you are hitting each other. Like, that was already a spot that went in my head as soon as I saw that. I mean, people say, oh, we want to see Suzuki wrestle. Cesaro. Cesaro. It's like they're wrestling. I mean, those guys could do a match like that. Um, I I actually rather see Sheamus and Aishi myself. Um, Oh, boy. Isn't the size differential going to be a little rough in that one, though? Well, that's that's why it's interesting. Oh, boy. You just want to see Sheamus kick Aishi's neck even lower. That's disgusting, my friend. Aishi used to be 6'5". People don't know that. Yeah, he says he eventually got shrunk to five six by getting dropped on his head. Um, but also, I just don't. In all seriousness, I don't actually see how the how the how it works more than just a a sort of like certain people come from New Japan and they wrestle in WWE, and certain people from WWE wrestle in New Japan. 
um, because I think a lot of the wrestlers will wrestle like a different style, um, and it could get a bit awkward. Um, so maybe um, the one the one match that I, I actually would like to watch isn't actually probably possible and probably should have happened about 10 years ago would be Tanahashi versus John Cena. Oh, I think Cena would come out of a uh, quote unquote retirement to do that. I absolutely think he would. And that would be a delightful. Fo- I actually I didn't mention this online because I figured I'd save it for our conversation. I would go one step further, and I think Tanahashi would be able to get Shawn Michaels to come out of retirement again to wrestle him. Oh, well, well. I mean, that's his favorite wrestler. I mean, I wonder if they will do uh, some sort of, like, interpromotional show like uh, Like the WWE used to do. Or the show that the um, WWF and All Japan did in 1990 with the very disappointing Bret Hart Tiger Mask uh, Missoula match that we we watched. We somehow got off eBay, perhaps back in yes, back in college. That that one also featured the uh, Hogan match though that blew our minds. Oh yeah, Hogan versus Stan Hansen because Terry Gordy wouldn't lose to Hogan. Because I think I, th- I believe I remember the 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 what um, uh, Vince McMahon said to Giant Baba was the only two people that definitely had to win were Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. And if I remember correctly, I think Ultimate Warrior wrestled Ted DiBiase. Yes, I have that correct. And Ted DiBiase had a wrestle in All Japan prior, um, but Gordy refused to lose to Hogan because it would mess him up. But Hogan and Hanson were friends from their days in New Japan, so uh, Stan Hansen uh, did the favors there. But um, something like he that, also ate a Hogan insecurity, which broke my brain for a few years. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Hulk Hogan, he he put in uh, a different level of effort in uh, in Japan than he did in the his matches in the U.S. because they required. Uh, more work, so you put that forward. I actually Ooh, would be more interested I w- I would in say a show like that. Forget, Chris, if you get a chance, Wade gave me as an off the beaten path Hogan wrestling Nick Bachwinkle in AWA. And again, it's 20 some odd minutes of Hulk Hogan wrestling. And I mean, again, thing that- my mind was blown. I was like, so really, it's localized to WWE. When he was in that- AWA, he was he worked hard. Not only it was a dusty finish, I guess pre-dusty finish at the time. Well, the thing about the, the thing about the dusty finish is the dusty finish has been around for a long time. It's only identified with dusty because dusty did it so much. Right at so a time it a, when it was done on television and and people followed it. That Hogan match you're talking about that was from uh, from '83. That was like a what's the name of the show? It was like on a Sunday. Where he yeah. Hogan throws Nick Bockwinkle over the top rope. Yes, and lost his and mind, the, and the fans are losing their mind because the the ref had to reverse the decision. They said he saw Hogan throw the guy over the top, and so we have to. I think I've watched that match. At least I'm familiar with that finish. I mean, the thing with WWE, the funniest thing about wrestling that a lot of people, you know, again, we're we're both. We're both 40 now. The last time I appeared this podcast, only I was 40, but now you're 40 as well. Um, 
WWE, WWF, back when we were kids, where it's not a work rate promotion. Work rate was not as important as it is now in wrong wrestling fans. And therefore, WWE was wrestling 300 nights a, uh, a year on these very hard rings and traveling all around the country. They weren't putting in these 25-minute matches per night because it physically didn't make sense. They already had enough issues um, with the schedule that they had. So they were going to do the bare minimum. And again, you have to remember that too. These matches were not recorded. They were not seen in a lot of ways. They were not seen by anybody outside the local market. They were doing the same match, sometimes night after night, all across the country. So there weren't matches that were on... um, you know, Monday nights or Tuesday nights or whatever the show was. I think that's one of the things that people talk about, like, you know, this wrestler has the most great matches. It's like, well, the standards were different back then because they didn't have that many matches on TV. They were trying to make a schedule. They were trying to present WWF uh, around the country with known wrestlers, but they weren't necessarily trying to present the best match, quote-unquote. It's just right. a different environment, different standards. We're now on Patreon. By popular demand, you can now support us directly through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, including an entry-level tier one that takes the ads and plugs away. You can have the VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast. That's 14 podcasts per week, but with the ads and plugs edited out, plus you get the VIP after shows. Don't be left out anymore from those for just $4.99 at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We also have a second tier and a third tier where you can upgrade to get other VIP content, including other VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletter, the current ones and 20 years ago version. So go check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. And we were also in a backwards situation where you were using the television as advertisement to get people to go to those live shows. And now we're in an environment where, as Wade mentioned, I think last week, the fans are part of the prop to sell content digitally to providers. And that's a very different world. I mean, Brandon Thurston on his Twitter feed put up a great, uh, table to show or a graph a, a plot plot chart to show how revenue over time has not only skyrocketed for wrestling companies but solely been through TV rights distributors and not direct uh ticket sales which is anathema to wrestling prior to this point in history yeah, the wrestling model changed in the 90s. I mean, if you watch a show on the network, which I guess is not migrated yet to Peacock, um, you watch those 80 shows, no matter what the promotion was, they're not giving you their best matches on TV. And if they are, they usually don't have finishes because the whole purpose is to get you to go to the arena. And in fact, you know, the NWA Crocker shows a great example of this. They have squash matches. They'll beat somebody in two minutes and they'll talk about the 
main person they're fighting in Charlotte or Atlanta or Raleigh or wherever, because that was the point of their TV was to get you to go buy tickets. I remember when I was a kid in the 80s, I begged my parents to take me to Madison Square Garden for a house show. I watched wrestling on TV every week, but I knew that the, the house shows, the MSG shows were where the big action happened. Now wrestling is different. Wrestling gives you all big matches on TV because of the ratings and and but the t- it's the TV market is different because back in the day people were paying for TV and now wrestling companies are getting paid for TV. So it's a completely different um business model and you know when you watch those 80 shows you're not going to see great matches. You're not going to see matches that even get you excited. Mostly squashes, but different business model. Now you need to make sure that you get a certain rating. You need to make sure that you're able to keep fan interest. So you have to have top matches and top angles on all the time. I mean, I think it's a bit too much at times for me, but that's where we are now. And we just kind of have to accept it. Yeah. I mean, we talked earlier about dark side of the ring. One of the things that's going to, or even the A&E biographies, there was this move for Dark Side of the Ring. Okay, we got these great ratings, and wrestling fans are flocking to it. And so I don't know if you noticed, but they also added Dark Side of Football. And it's, it's, it's not as compelling. And it's not that it's not compelling because football doesn't have a dark side it hasn't been given them i think the ratings that they thought they would get and so from a content standpoint sometimes what's good for the goose might not be good for the gander and so as wrestling moves forward they have to evolve with what's around them but also realize that they at times are going to become a trendsetter because you don't have these crazy stories like they did this week after the warrior they had it on the Raiders and they talked a little bit about, you know, Bill Romanowski is one of the main people they bring in and Lincoln Kennedy definitely is one of my favorite uh, football players, not only because he was a good lineman, but Lincoln went up to Romanowski and said, if you try to pull the crap you pulled on the Broncos or any of your other teams here with me, we're fighting. And people forget how big Lincoln Kennedy is. That's a very pro wrestling style. Like it can go however you want it to go, but it's not going to go well for you. Yeah, I think that I think the problem with those type of shows, and I have not seen the dark side of football, is they they at least from the commercials, they kind of have this unauthorized type vibe to them. I think people are so used to. I mean, NFL films, NFL properties, just something that goes back a very long time. I think people are very attuned to seeing what they think is official uh, material. I mean, obviously, NFL Network. Uh, football life they have tons of documentaries on football people and i don't think this scratches an itch for people that they don't necessarily need and you're not going to get 
that large of a crossover. I mean, you do have wrestling fans and football fans, but I don't think it's that large of a crossover to get massive ratings that you may get on the Dark Side of the Ring episodes. Yeah. And do you think, because I've been thinking about this, especially post the the wrestling festival in Korea and how that kind of got portrayed. Given what's going on now, is there not enough time to talk about the dark side of some of the things like speaking out or anything that's happened in the last five, seven years? I think there's definitely time for that. I think one of the reasons why some of these shows from the past get highlighted is because they're kind of new to people. And I feel like a lot of reviews are really good in hindsight, 10, 20 years later. Uh, I'm listening to a podcast, uh, Slow Burn, uh, season four, season five, sorry. Uh, It's on the buildup to the Iraq war, which happened in 2001, 2003. There are even events that happened prior. And it's very interesting in the context, but also the hindsight of it being 20 years ago. I feel like speaking out in seven or eight years should be a lot more interesting when the fallout happens and the people can be a bit more honest. And I think with the stories of from yesteryear, um, the dark side of the ring has done not only this season, but other seasons prior. There's so many years ago that people can be a bit of bit more upfront with them, be a bit more honest. And we also have hindsight see what happened and see what people said and what really was a result of that. But I could see, I mean, wrestling has provided so many stories. They could be doing dark side of the ring for a hundred years with all the different stories that wrestling has provided. But yeah, I could definitely see things that have happened in the last five or six years. There's several topics that could be uh, used uh, as topics uh, for dark side of the ring in the future. Yeah, I think the amount of time he put into it and sitting people down. Like I know Wade mentioned, he's going to be on a couple episodes. I don't know if it's this season, next season, but the time it takes going into that stuff, you can get really strong stories, but also with the gravity of it going abroad, getting folks from both sides of the pond, talking to people close to the situation. Like, you know, I would hope that they wouldn't necessarily, I think it might be a little too fresh to sit down and say Hanukkah Mura and her family to do her story. I think it might be a little too um, crass to do it with maybe something like a, you know, where someone's going through a health issue and they're still alive and they're fighting it. That, that might be a step too far, but I think with speaking out, you can get some people who are willing to talk and then you could also get, folks who have been accused or are in the process of working through it and telling their side, et cetera. But then that also runs the risk of creating, are you making a televised propaganda tool to defend the accused? So then it really complicated, really complicated. And sometimes, you know, stories like that are still happening in real time to provide a documentary on it. You need to let it breathe. You need to kind of see how things fall out. You need people to sort of understand what their situation that they're in. So they're 
they're able to articulate to an audience exactly what happened and how they were thinking, even if it wasn't necessarily in the best light. And, and all those things take time. It's very hard to do in real time. It's very hard to do just after the fact. But in due time, usually people are more able to be forthcoming, come forward, and, and discuss things that they may not want to discuss today. And speaking of discussions, we have gone for a while, so I don't want to take you up too long. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for doing it this week. Uh, before we get out of here, is there anything you want to plug? Folks can find you. All that good stuff. The floor is yours, my friend. Mind of Mail on Twitter. I, I don't tweet enough, as you know. I am going to talk Rich into a couple of appearances for myself on other topics that he and I discussed earlier that we won't discuss now. But we'll save them for future topics on his <laughs> schedule. Uh, thank you all. Have a wonderful holiday weekend. And if you haven't uh, got the shot, get the shot. And if you live in Ohio, you might become a millionaire if you do. Yeah, I figured because they announced the winner and you were still appeared, you didn't win. Because I figured the cost of your appearances would go up uh, from no, a delicious I- El Segundo. Uh, listen, there are four more drawings, so I hope I do win. Um, but um, I will still appear on your show. We, we, you and I know each other for so long. I will I will still appear on your show. Whatever yacht I'm on will have wonderful Wi-Fi. Oh, well, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Uh, but, yeah, thank you. And, of course, yeah, you're absolutely whatever. We'll figure it out as far as uh, that goes. And as always, y'all, dive into something new. Challenge yourself. Go beyond where you think you can go. Go plus ultra next week will be in June. How crazy this year is going. So enjoy it. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy this Memorial day. Uh, thank you. Those who have gone before. And obviously if you're going to go cook out shot, 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 shots till then be good. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com.
One of the really cool parts of being a VIP member is getting to relive history through the pages of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues. We have Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters dating back to the late 1980s. We put a new back issue up from 20 years ago that week. And so when you go VIP, you instantly have access to over 1,500 back issues and a new PDF along with an all-text version, if it's easier for you to read that on your phone, uh, goes up every weekend. And the latest issues include a cover story from the June 10th, 2000 issue on Goldberg's return to WCW and whether he's a solution to what was ailing WCW at the time. Also, my column titled Vince Russo is from Outer Space and Bruce Mitchell's column, still timely today, unfortunately, of racist gimmicks and poverty pimps was the title. That's issue number 606. The week before that, issue number 605 from June 3rd features a cover story that talks about how there could be a shakeup in the wrestling industry with WCW for sale and ECW having an uncertain future. And also a Bruce Mitchell column spoofing Vince Russo titled, How I Became World Champion. If we go back another week to the May 27th, 2000 issue, it had detailed coverage of the Judgment Day 2000 pay-per-view, including my review and staff roundtable reviews of the Rock Triple H 60-minute Iron Man match, and also the final installment of the Lance Storm Torch Talk with his thoughts on various ECW colleagues. The week before that, the May 20th, 2000 issue, issue number 603, features a cover story on Ric Flair's collapse in the ring during Nitro, part three of the Lance Storm Torch Talk with his explanation for why he decided to quit ECW, our coverage of ECW Hardcore Heaven, the pay-per-view, and more. And then the week before that, the May 13th issue features a cover story on the changing TV landscape in pro wrestling, with the WWF moving from USA to TNN and a potential shift of ECW. Also a cover sidebar story on the death of an ECW fan after a hotel party and WCW slamboree coverage. And the week before that, our coverage from the May 6th issue, number 601, of David Arquette winning the WCW title. My EndNotes editorial examining Vince Russo's controversial decision and flippant comments about title belts, our coverage of WWE Backlash 2000, and more. I could keep going on, but that gives you an idea of what you're missing out on by not being a BIP member. Imagine settling in on the weekend and uh, kicking back and reading wrestling history, not through the lens of WWE filtering it to their benefit, not through people looking back on it through today's lens, but what was said at the time, the week it happened, by some of the voices that you are familiar with here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and PW Torch Daily Casts. So go VIP and relive professional wrestling through the way the Torch covered it in real time with contemporaneous coverage of Pro Wrestling's biggest events, biggest news stories, biggest personalities. I think you'll have a blast. It alone is worth the membership price for so many of our members. Check out details on everything else that comes with the VIP membership, including daily podcasts that are VIP exclusive and shows like this with the ads and plugs removed. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip for full details. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. Prices are as low as $8.25 a month on average if you subscribe for a year or check us out for a month for $9.99.